We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I tell you what, you want to do a little rapid fire? Your first rapid let's fire? Let's, let's go. Do it. Yeah, first of my career, man. Let's, let's not, let's that's not right. disappoint here, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Fill in the blank on this first one. It's blank that Lorenzo Styles announced over the weekend that he's transferring to Ohio State. He's going to play in the secondary with his brother, Sonny. It's good for the family that he transferred, <laughs> I guess, right? I mean, hey, man, it's tough sometimes when – one son has a game over here and another son has a game over here and you have to try to make that work somehow. Right. I mean, you have to designate one weekend for one spot, one weekend to the other or parents go separate or whatever it is. I mean, the good thing is, is that the styles family now can just go wherever Ohio state's playing. So that's good, true good for the, good for the fa- parents, man. Good for the family. I mean, they got them all together and like, what would have happened if Sonny had ended up picking Notre Dame instead of Ohio state to begin with, you know, would we, would we still have both of them here? And, you know, maybe Lorenzo works this whole thing out and, That's and they're true. Both, you know, it's uh, like, what it's, I mean, it is completely unsurprising. This is what everyone kind of thought was going to happen. And then it happens, you know, and at the same time, it's like, okay, well, Apparently you weren't all that excited about playing in the secondary here at Notre Dame. So now you're just going to Ohio state where you're going to play in the secondary still. Yes. And then I've heard, well, and I don't, yeah. I don't know if you know if there's anything to it, but like the whole thing about, is he a walk on the first year? They actually give him the scholarship right away. There's a lot of, you know, there's some extra layers to this obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know about the scholarship part. I do know that the I mean, I think the plan is to obviously play corner at Ohio State. And I think that the red shirt next year is on the table for him to develop his cornerback skills. So we might not even see him on the field in 2023 for Ohio State, except for maybe in, you know, a couple couple games, obviously with the four game rule. But it's gonna yeah. be interesting to watch, man. I, I I'm still a fan of Lorenzo the athlete. It's just Lorenzo the football player was just never consistent enough, obviously. Yeah. Did you see the Mitchell Evans tweet that he had <laughs> yeah. about uh, September 23rd getting a little bit more interesting or whatever it was? I, I'll <laughs> tell you this, Sean. If if Mitchell has a breakout season for Notre Dame, which is very possible, obviously, potentially being the tight end one, Notre Dame fans are going to love that man forever because that was uh, <laughs> that was an OG move, man, to do that. It was an OG it was. move. <laughs> it was right up there at the top. 
on point, making some Notre Dame fans happy with that one, <laughs> I think. Uh, so speaking of transfers, we've got uh, Tyler Buckner, of course, going to Alabama. And this is an interesting one that I saw posed, I think, over the weekend. Does yep. Buckner going to Alabama help Notre Dame's quarterback recruiting ultimately in the long run? Yeah, I, I yes, yes, I think it does because because I I think there's a couple layers to that. Honestly, is one, you know that they're like obviously the talent that Notre Dame's getting is valued because even though Tyler Buckner did not have the production at Notre Dame that you would want, obviously because due to injuries and you know was obviously relegated to a specialized role as a as a true freshman. He still was a player that was wanted by the University of Alabama, which I think tells you that there's one, there's talent in that room, which is attractive. And number two, now there's a there's an easier pathway to playing time potentially early on in, in the next quarterback's career, right? Because I mean, Sean, you're gonna talk about 2023 Sam Hartman. We know that. After Sam, though, 2024, we're talking about redshirt sophomore. Steve Angeli, redshirt freshman, Kenny Minchie, mm-hmm. CJ Carr. Like that's the known commodities that we know will be in that room potentially right now. I mean, we don't know if there's going to be a grad transfer again, or if there's going to be a transfer that's just there for depth. Like we, we don't know what the, the next step's going to be, or if they bring in another 2024 quarterback, like we, we don't know what the next outcome is. But as of now, we know that Angeli and Min- Minchie and Carr are going to be in that room. Well, I think that most people look at that and say, that means that this is an open opportunity for me, right? Like there's right. no proven production that's going to be coming back. None of those guys at this moment have ever thrown a pass on the college level. They just haven't done it. So I think a team, a, a, especially quarterback that looks at it and says, I'm very confident. Because the one thing about CJ, right? CJ Carr is whether Tyler Buckner was coming back or not. CJ Carr has the swagger and the confidence that he was going to come in and start from day one. Like he believes that, right? And mm-hmm. he should. That's That's the players you want. And I think Notre Dame keeps targeting these players that are that confident. I think it helps because they're going to say there's obviously talent in that room, but I still think I can come in and play because there's not a lot of proven production coming back. So, yeah, I think it could definitely help. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was looking at in this is it's like it Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr specifically what like what they end up being and how they end up performing. I think that that's going to have a huge impact on it. And like when you've still got CJ Carr kind of out there being your point guy and Buckner's gone and he's going to have this opportunity 
potentially next year. I think that that's going to have a huge impact on it. Yeah. It, it, it Just when you look at sort of the, the indirect impact as well with Buckner, like if he leaves Notre Dame, has success at Alabama, how that affects it. You know, if he beats out, you know, a five-star guy like Ty, Ty Simpson and, of course, yeah. you know, Jalen Milrose and, and all that as well, especially when you look at, who his offensive coordinator is. I think it could have a huge impact ultimately, you know, both both direct and indirect, you know, that that his departure could have here for Notre Dame and, well, and recruiting well, the position. Well, Sean, I guess my, my follow-up for you, and, and I actually think this is a very interesting conversation, is what's the other side of it, right? Like what's the drawbacks from this from it? Is like is there a, is there a way that this could be perceived as a negative for Notre Dame quarterback recruiting? Like, is it the fact that if Tyler Buckner goes to Alabama, he blows up and it's like, oh, they weren't developed properly. Like, I guess I'm just curious of like what the other side, what the counterpoint would be. Yeah, I mean, I think that that might be the only downside because as of right now, you know, your number two quarterback was desirable to the most successful program in the country over the last decade. You know, like your number two. Now, obviously, if Tommy Reese is there, does Tyler Buckner end up at Alabama? Probably not, but Nick Saban still has to sign off on it, right? Yes, he so, does. Yep. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I, I really, I think the only potential downside is if Buckner, you know, ends up going out not performing well at Alabama this year. You know, like again, like yeah. minor. But you're right. Like all the other like direct impact stuff, it's only good for Notre Dame. I think like everything that's that's happening from the Notre Dame perspective right now. And you have obviously a new OC with Jared Parker. You have Gino Gadouli coming in as the quarterback coach. So you got a brand new developmental staff for the quarterback side of things. So if Sam Hartman comes in, even though technically he was developed by a different program, if he comes in and he balls out at Notre Dame for the lone year, quarterbacks are going to want to come to Notre Dame. They're going to want to because they're going to see all the talent that's in the wide receiver room. They're going to be like, I'm always going to be behind a good offensive line. You're going to have good running backs. It's literally just been about quarterback development's been kind of the stickler for quarterback recruiting for a couple of years. And if that changes, then I think it's going to be a very desirable place. Yeah. Good. That, that's a good point as well. So Archer, a question from the chat. Don't know if you guys saw it, but Caleb Smith entered the transfer portal. Of course, a wide receiver from Ohio state. You think Notre Dame gives him a call? So Brian, Brian talked about Caleb Brown a little bit on the message board. I forget if it was last did night. I say or Smith or did I say Brown? By the way, you said Smith, but it, okay. I mean we're good now. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Caleb Smiths around here. There, and they there's a lot of Caleb Smiths, man. There's a they lot all of Caleb spelled with a K Smiths. as well. So yes, yeah, you're I right. Caleb Brown, obviously. Yes. Yeah, but uh, I know Brian talked about it last night or this morning, and he was talking about how he he loved Caleb Brown coming out of high school. He was a kid that I know Notre Dame looked at a little bit. I think he's an Illinois guy originally. So they they looked at him. It's just, I mean, one, it's just, you know, what do you want to come to Notre Dame, I guess, right? If the fit would make sense, all that great stuff. But, I mean, he kind of pointed, because I don't really have a, a crazy opinion on this one, Archer, because I just, I didn't evaluate Caleb Brown coming out of high school. I've heard he's a really good player, but I haven't seen him. You know, Brian told me that he was a big fan of him, and he would definitely take my Notre Dame if he wanted to come. I just don't know if it's... I don't know if it's – I don't know. I just don't know if the fit would make sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I just feel like the wide receiver room right now is in such a good place with all their young guys and, you know, between the freshman and Tobias Merriweather. And then you have Caleb Smith, the the, yes. the young Caleb Smith coming in 
this summer, Caleb with a K, you know, once again. And I just I just feel like the receiver room is in a good enough place right now that you probably don't need to go out and hit the transfer portal there. The priority is obviously at safety. You know, that's that's where I would start. I would make sure that I'm addressing that before I start looking at an extra wide receiver. You know, I think that they thought that the elder Caleb Smith from Virginia Tech, from an intangible standpoint, was going to bring them, you know, a little bit more. And like, you know, we got to talk to him once and he he said all the right things and all that kind of stuff. But obviously things didn't end up working out for him here. So I just I just don't feel like another wide receiver at this point is is really the way they need to go with with the way the roster is shaping up i mean because especially there's a lot of optimism in that room to your point I exactly mean, tobias dion chris tyree moved the wide receiver obviously right i mean you're you're still talking about Jalen Jaden thomas who was a absolute star at the blue gold game you got the young guys like Jaden greathouse and Braylon james and rico flores and caleb smith coming in like there's still a lot of room and then also Notre Dame already has, I know, because this is more is a question of like the immediacy for 2023, but also, but if you're looking forward to the future of Notre Dame, you already have two commits in the 2024 class by really two really talented players in Cam Williams and Isaiah Canyon. And we're expecting at least one more, potentially two more wide receivers in the 2024 group. So I, I think that wide receivers in a great spot. So I don't know if the need necessarily too. makes sense, but I know Brian was a big fan of them, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like, you can be a big fan of him, but I, it's, I, I just don't know that he makes that much sense for this Notre Dame team because of yep. all those things. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So the NFL draft, obviously over. We talked a lot about it in uh, in our opening segment. The draft is held in the NFL almost three months after the season ends, You know, the Super Bowl, and yep. more than four months after the college football season ends. So my question to you, Ryan – should they hold the draft sooner or are you good with it where it is in late April? I, I've actually always wanted it to mo- be moved up a little bit. And I actually, cause I always wanted it before free agency I, personally, cause I feel like we always talk about the balance of best player available versus meeting a need in the draft. I feel like that's a lot easier to find. I feel, I feel like it's a lot easier for teams to settle and to focus on taking the best player available knowing that there's a free agency window that's going to open up and that you could fill it that way. And that's more like meeting the needs based upon what you weren't able to fill in the draft. So I've always actually wanted it before free agency even kicks off and to, to fill out the roster that way, because I really, I'm a big believer in drafting the best player available as much as possible when you get to the draft. And I feel like that would make a lot of teams steer that direction if they were before free agency, because there's more holes in your roster. So I've always been moving up a few weeks, man, like move it up. Cause we're also in like that kind of weird window where it's like, you have the all-star game stuff late January into February. And then you have a whole month and a half off. They're going to the combine and you have another month and a half off. And then they finally get to draft day. You're just like, it's a lot of space in between, man. Like, let's just knock this thing out. And let's let these guys draft for best player available. Cause I think that'll make the, the product better at the end of the day as well. Yeah. Cause like when you look at both the NBA and the WNBA, like the WNBA, the college season ended a week later, not even a week later, a couple of days later, I think they had the draft NBA, the finals end and boom, you know, the, they're holding the draft pretty quickly. Yeah. Baseball is a little different, but still like, you know, they hold theirs in the middle of the season. It's not like you're going to fill out your, you know, your big league rosters with, 
with, you know, rookie draft picks right away, but still they're doing theirs in the middle of the season. It just seems like the NFL, you know, I wonder because the NFL is, is such its own beast. Like, do they care that if they did it sooner, like they might be competing with the masters or March madness or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, you know, so, you know, are they fine pushing it back a little bit farther? I agree with you though. It would seem to make more sense to do it before free agency you know, do your draft picks first and then, you know, go out and address, you know, free agents to fill out the rest of your roster. So I would like to see it pushed up. I don't know how far they would want to push it up, though. And again, like if, if those other sports matter enough. I th- I think that, I mean, I think you hit on a key point of why it will probably never change is that the NFL is its own beast, right? Like it's 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 very unique. <laughs> They set their and own calendar. <laughs> they set their own calendar. And the reason that they space everything out so much is because it's always going to be a spectacle. Like everyone's going to watch senior bowl practices. Everyone's going to watch the draft. Everything's going to break out when it's free agency, like space it out. So it's not becoming too close where it's like, you're taking viewership away from one for the other. You know what I mean? Like you're competing against yourself. I think that's why they space it out. It's just because everyone is football is now America's pastime. It's not baseball anymore. It's not. So Absolutely. you look at that and they're just going to say space things out and we're going to be the king of that period of time. That's going to be our time. We don't have to compete with ourselves or with anybody else. Where does the draft rank for you, Ryan, who does, you know, as someone who does, you know, draft stuff as well as recruiting stuff, you know, so you do a little bit of both. Yep. Where, do, where does it rank for you in terms of events that you'd want to cover like in person? I actually would. I actually have never wanted to go to the draft. I, I have never wanted to. I, I I I go to the combine, which is a great time, obviously right. in Indianapolis. I have actually never been down to the Senior Bowl. I would like to get down to the Senior Bowl, though. I would. I would much rather cover the the process, the draft process events than actually watching than actually covering the draft. I actually prefer okay. to just sit on my couch and watch the draft because that's like kind of. <laughs> all the works over with, you know, like you can kind of relax a little bit, but like being boots on the ground in Indianapolis, being boots on the ground in mobile or out in Vegas for the East West, or even Pasadena, California for the the players do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an evaluator at heart, man. I want to see the guys in person and compete. Like at the end of the day, I don't want to see it. This is just my, this is my thing. Like, I don't, I don't care about what they look like in a suit, right? Like it's just not, it doesn't matter. That's very true. What they look like running around. I wouldn't mind going and experiencing at once, you know, one time just to kind of see, especially that first night, you know, what kind of the inner workings and stuff like that. But at the seat, you know, like watching it on TV the other night, I was sitting there with my wife and I'm like, I mean, like, even as a fan, like your team makes one pick, you know, in the (laughs) first round, it's like, what do you do the rest of the night? Besides just stand around and, you know, Drink and, and, stuff, and for you I as guess. and for you as a Cowboys fan, they were the 26 pick, right? So oh, I mean, you were. Would uh, you had to wait until what, like 11:30 for that guy? I know. Probably. <laughs> I know. He's stumbling over by the time that rolled around. That's exactly <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. Uh, and this question came in earlier. Where did it go? Okay, thanks for the super chat, Tyler. He said he loved the Notre Dame players that signed the undrafted free agent deals, but the Deuce Vaughn pick to the Cowboys gave him some tears i mean that was that was obviously one of the cooler moments of the whole thing when your dad is a scout for an nfl team gets to make that call to you and and tell you that that team has just drafted you that's pretty cool 
it's even cooler too because for people that don't know because they just hear deuce vaughn deuce's vaughn's real name is chris vaughn and the reason he's deuce is because he's a junior right right and so his dad that's the scout is obviously also chris vaughn so same name and everything too so that's it's just like adds to the I mean, everyone saw the video of him calling his son and just being like, hey, you want to come to work with me next week or whatever? Like, just really cool stuff, man. Like, yeah. And Deuce Vaughn's a really good player, too. I, I don't want people to think that this is just about, like, you know, oh, who you, you know who you know, and that's how you get mm-hmm. opportunities. Like, no, Deuce Vaughn was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> he's just small. Like, he's 5'5", 180 pounds. Yeah, I think they a, said he's the smallest guy in, like, the last 20 years to be drafted or something. Like I, I believe it. I believe it. I mean, he's 5'5", five, five even at the Combine. So he is historically small, but he's a good football player, man. So, yeah, he'll, he's never going to be an every down back, obviously, for Dallas. But on a team that has Tony Pollard and those guys, like, you don't need him to be an every down back. Like, maybe he contributes in the pass game a little bit. Maybe he returns some kicks and punts. Just yeah. a really cool moment, man, though. It really was. Yep. I think he's an intriguing guy for sure. And like when I saw that they got him that late, I was like, wow, Deuce Vaughn lasted this long because he he was. He had a really good last couple of years for, for the yeah. Kansas State Wildcats. But uh, yeah, uh, a really, really fun moment to see that. Um, Keith wants to know if you've seen the Richard kid who played safety at Vanderbilt. Richard. I need to look up who this is. Is that is that – no, I'm not. I'm not sure who Richard is. I'm not sure. Was he in the draft this year, or are we talking about a transfer portal kid? I'm I think he's sure talking about him. transfer portal. Is what he was talking about. Yeah. The only safety I know from Vanderbilt, his name is Derricky Wright, who is a big like six four, two hundred and thirty pound safety. He was kind of like a hybrid player. I, I don't know who Richard is though. But if you want to put in the chat and give a little more context, I'm just not sure who that is. Okay. So former Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is 25 years old, and he says his age shouldn't be a concern. Here, here's his pre-draft quote. Quote, it's a long-term position. Tom Brady just finished at 45. The age limit on quarterbacks, there is none. So do you buy or sell that, Ryan? I mean, it's it. I, I don't buy it because it's super hyperbolic. One, I mean, it, <laughs> yes. there's no age limit. Like, there's an age. Everyone has an age limit. Like, Tom Brady was going to play until he's ninety, right? I mean, right. Like, so there's, there's an age limit. Right. I also think that it's. I, I don't like. I just. I, I personally, just for me, Sean, like, I I don't like putting guys into the same bucket and just kind of generalizing, right? It's like, oh, Tom Brady can play to forty five. Everyone can. No, no, Tom exactly. Brady's a freak he's show. Like he's a, still the outlier. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a crazy outlier, and he could have played for a couple more years if he felt like it. Hendon Hooker. The good thing about the quarterback position, and and the point does stand that Hendon Hooker, despite only being despite already being twenty five, turning twenty six as a rookie. He will be 29 turning 30 when his first contract runs up because he'll have the four-year deal, right? So 29-30, getting a second contract as a quarterback, you're still okay. Like you're still in a good window where if you're good, you still have a nice window to be able to be a good football player moving forward. If it was a running back, it would be a completely different conversation because, I mean, think about like Todd Gurley, for instance, right? If Todd Gurley wasn't going to get a second contract until he was 29 – He's already out of the NFL. He got out of the NFL when he's like 26 because of the injuries and everything. So I think there's some validity to uh, what they're trying to say in that. But I also think that it's we're generalizing and using the outlier as the general, like as as the example. Like that's just not how that exactly. works traditionally. Exactly. And you know, and it's also not just about age coming out of college. It's also about why he's still there at that age coming out of college uh, you know I mean like he obviously could have come out last year after his first season I think it was 
at Tennessee. I mean, he's had some nice numbers, but he's playing in a little bit of a niche system at Tennessee. And that's really when he thrived out of it, you know, had, you know, injury stuff and and, and all that kind of thing as well. And I mean, that's a great point about his contract and how old he'll be and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I, you can't use the greatest of all time as your example when you're saying, well, age doesn't matter because Tom Brady played till he's 45. How many other guys have even played until they're 40? You know, like the list is very, very short. It, it's also the Russell Wilson thing too, right, Sean? It's like, oh, be, you could be 5'11 and be a good quarterback in the NFL. It's like, yeah, you can, but the cards are still stacked against you guys. Like it's right. it's not the, the exception does not become the rule just because there's a couple outliers out of the thousands of quarterbacks that play in the NFL. Like it, it's just not how that works, right? That's why, and if, and I get it to a degree. That's why a lot of NFL teams are very hesitant on outliers. Like I completely understand yeah. it. Like we just talked about Deuce Vaughn. He's an outlier. Yeah. Uh, Peter Skaronsky went 11th overall to Tennessee Titans. He is an outlier, though, as an offensive tackle because of his arm length. Like, there's outliers everywhere. And I feel like we keep, take the word outlier as this huge negative. Like, oh, man, you're saying the guy can't be good. No, I'm saying that the stack, the deck is stacked against them, though. So it's yeah. a great story if they are a part of the outliers that make, make it so that that rule isn't 100% concrete. But at the end of the day, you, you do need to understand the thought process of some NFL GMs. It's like, 5'10 quarterback, it's only worked twice in ever, right? Offensive tackles with 32-inch arms. You can count the number of offensive tackles that have made a Pro Bowl with 32-inch arms on no fingers because it's never happens. Like, we have to understand that concept. Yeah. And I don't know how long Zach Martin's arms are. I think they're longer than 32 inches, but yeah, they're like 33 and even he got kicked inside. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. He was obviously a tackle, you know, in college and they, they push him inside to guard in the NFL, which turned out to be a great guard, but yeah, he had shorter arms as well. Thanks again for the super chat there, Tyler. He said, funny thing about the draft. Every team is drafting quarterback, trying to find the next Brock Purdy. And I mean, (laughs) When you go to 59 one year and that's, you know, everyone that, you know, again, exception to the rule, but it gives everybody hope, I guess, regardless of what round you get picked in when you have a, you know, a guy like Purdy last year. It's a funny, it's a funny point by Tyler, because of course we got the three quarterbacks in the first round. You got Hendon Hooker and Will Levis in the second round, but then there was a little bit of a quiet period until the end of the day two. But then and I, I have a, I have something else to say about something that was put in the chat because it's slightly wrong, um, okay. a point that was just made. But so then we got a weird run on quarterbacks in the fourth round, Sean, like fourth round and on. And I do think that there's some validity to that, Tyler, because we're talking about guys that have some ability, but like fourth round's probably a little bit too high for a couple of these guys. Like I like Jake Hayner, for instance, right? He was a talented quarterback, but we saw – some other fourth round quarterbacks were just like, man, I don't know. I mean, even Sean Clifford was picked in the fifth round out of Penn State. It's just like, guys, I like, I don't know, dog. Like, I don't know about that (laughs) one, man. That's kind of weird to me. So there was a weird run of quarterbacks on day three, really weird one. So a lot of reporters are notorious, of course, for spoiling draft picks, you know, like Twitter has, Twitter has done that, obviously spoiling the picks before they're actually announced. What is the worst thing that anyone has ever spoiled for you? Well, I, I, man, see, I took this a couple different ways, Sean. Like from an NFL draft perspective, the worst thing that someone ever 
spoiled for me was that, well, <laughs> see, see, this is a little bit of a back and forth here. So okay. someone spoiled to me, it was a trainer that Trey Lance was going to be the third overall pick a couple years ago. Spoiled it because I do like the like build up in the anticipation, like, wow, let's see what happens. Right. But right. that one also ended up being good for me because I made some money on that, that knowledge that <laughs> year, which nice. was good. Right. Very so, nice. Yeah, man. But I mean, that was one where I was like, I wanted to really see, cause all the reports leading up to that draft were 49ers love Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Kyle Shanahan's guy. And then Trey Lance ended up being the third overall pick, but I got, again, got a little bit of, a little bit of money on that one. So it was, yeah. uh, wasn't too bad. Nice. I wish mine would have worked out that way. The the worst one I ever had, and this was back even, you know, before Twitter, this has been a good you know, 16, 17, maybe. Well, it was 2005 is when it was when North Carolina and Illinois played in the, the national championship game, basketball national championship game. And that was like that great Illinois team with Darren Williams and, you know, all those guys and, and uh, Carolina ended up winning the thing, but it was back when I was still doing um, Notre Dame baseball radio. So we were on a trip. We're flying home that night. I've got my DVR set. You know, I'm going to come home after the trip. I'm going to watch the national championship game in my recliner. You know, we go bus, flight, bus back into campus. And literally, as we're getting off the bus, I hear one of the coaches say, oh, yeah, North Carolina beat. Illinois. So I had made it like literally about to get off the bus and it got spoiled at the end. So I ended up, you know, I, I watched a little bit of it, but, and it wasn't because like I was a fan of either team. It was just supposed to be, you know, I remember it was, you know, it was like a great, highly anticipated game. It was Roy Williams first national championship, you know, his head coach, North Carolina, you know, and all those great players that uh, Bill Self have recruited. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and left behind. And and so, yeah, we got like after a three and a half, four hour trip all the way back to campus until somebody spoiled it. So, Sean, I don't, I don't know if you're a uh, How I Met Your Mother fan, but there was a <laughs> there was an episode where they all weren't able to watch the Super Bowl together. So they all didn't watch it. And for the entire day, they were trying to just basically wear blinders and not find out who won that Super Bowl? Uh -huh. And I think four out of five of them, it got spoiled to them in some capacity <laughs> that day. You know, it's just like, no, let us, we need to know, we need to know, which is, and that's, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably lucky that, you know, it, it took as long as it did because, again, like in today's world with Twitter and everything else, you can't even go that long. You can't find. You know? Well, that's yeah. the worst is that there are some guys on Twitter from like the draft perspective that always tip the picks now, too. So even before it exactly. Gets on the like Ari Mirov's one of those guys where it's you always find it on Twitter. If you want, if you want to, I mean, some people want to know just the tip offs before it happens because, like, I guess they can't wait. But if you want to know, just go follow him on Twitter and you'll always know who's going to be the pick, you know, right before it happens because literally people go to the draft just to get those tip offs just to put it on Twitter and be the first guy, like, right? It always just, happens. just so they can be that guy. Yep, that's exactly yes. right. All right, so during the Knicks Miami Heat playoff basketball game today did uh, basketball game yesterday they're of course showing spike lee up on the sideline doing his spike lee stuff you know in his courtside seats and and whatever so when you're watching a game whether it's basketball or or whatever sport do you like them to show the celebrities in the stands or do you want them to just stick to the game 
I don't mind it if it's in the downtime. Like, I don't want them to cut, like, during important plays or anything like that, right? But it's like, I I, I do think personally for, for, like, if you're not in person, in my opinion, and you're just watching on TV, the experience is amplified by showing people's emotions. Like, I do think that that's kind of interesting sometimes. So I don't mind right. them going to the crowd or going to celebrities at times, as long as it's not like in a crucial moment of the game where I'm just like, guys, like I, I want to watch this game right now. Right. Like I, this is important. As long as it's in some downtime where it's like during a timeout or during a stoppage, like sure. Why not? Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me personally. I'm the same way. Like as long as they don't like beat it to death, you know, like I'm old enough to remember this is, you know, this is like way before your time, you know, back, you know, magic Johnson's, you know, showtime, Lakers, you know, when Jack Nicholson and Diane Cannon, you know, like they were like, like they would show them, you know, because the Lakers were obviously always in the NBA finals. And, you know, you so you would always see Jack Nicholson with his sunglasses and Diane Cannon, oops, sorry, up jumping around, I almost ripped my microphone off the table. You know, she'd be up jumping around doing her stuff. And it's like, you know, that was like, it it, it seemed novel back then, yeah. but, you know, but then it, it morphed into like, in the nineties, you know, like Ashley Judd and the Kentucky Wildcats. And now you've got, you know, like Matthew McConaughey and Texas football and those kind of things, as long as they don't get carried away with it, you know, you can show it a few times. And like in the Knicks case, you know, cause I saw people complain about, Oh, stop showing Spike Lee. It's like Spike, yeah. the Knicks are hardly ever in the playoffs anymore. You know, like Spike Lee. It's like, that, that was the first, that was the first, that was the first playoff series win since like, when was the last time? It was like a crazy amount of time, man. But yeah, they, I, think it, I want to say 15 years, maybe or something, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I think it's cool sometimes. I mean, like, obviously I'm right outside of Philly. So like when it's an Eagles game, like they always flash to Bradley Cooper in his suite and stuff like that. Like, it's fine. Right. Man. Like, I, don't, I don't mind as long as it's not interrupting me actually watching the game. Yeah. I fine. think it's kind of fun to know, you know, because, you know, like, you know, again, like with, with Los Angeles, you know, like if you watch like a Dodgers game, you'd see like Mary Hart and I think Pat Sajak yep. and Larry King would be like, you know, like back behind the backstop. I think it's kind of, you know, especially when you're not in a place like LA where you expect the celebrities to be, you know, some of these other places, it's kind of fun to see like, Oh, you know, again, you know, like Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah. Fan of the Eagles. And didn't know he was like an Eagles that. fan. Like that's pretty yeah. neat. It's pretty neat. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Exactly. All right. Well, that's going to do it. You did very well for your first Rapid fire run through today. Oh, I appreciate that, Sean. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tell Vince I was better than whatever he's ever done. Okay. All right. I will. I'll, I'll be sure to mention Je- that. Jesse. I, I can't top Jesse. So leave Jesse where he is. It's okay. Just, just Vince though. Just Vince. As long as you, as long as you beat Vince. That's right. Yes. All right. So again, six o'clock tonight, Ryan's going to be back with Brian. The Kennedy Erlacher commitment commitment is going on at six o'clock tonight. So they've got a little uh, commitment show. This evening at six o'clock. Looking forward to that. I enjoyed it, Ryan. I will. Uh, I don't know if we'll, uh, like when we'll do this again, but maybe we need to do it more often. I don't know. We need to get in one of our contracts, man. That we need X amount of shows together. Like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right for sure. Especially this summer. Like there's probably a lot of NFL stuff we could talk this summer for that. I know. I know. And and Vince will be available during the summer too, right? So we can uh, mix and match a lot more now. Nah. What does Vince know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, fun, in, though, man. just in case he's fun. listening so we can stick it to him once again. oh he's 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 but he gets he's the day off today so playoffs. like he's got nothing to complain about oh he's is he off today? off today as is far as i know i don't oh, think i mean like no show today he was supposed to be on you know if we were doing the regular show he would have been on with me tonight so that's funny. <laughs>
That's funny. All right. Talk to you guys later. Hit the like button on your way out. If you wouldn't, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. I'll talk to you soon, Ryan. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.